0: yourselves men and women of planet earth come as you are from work from taverns from study science hall and all that exists come all who are weary of their status quo bored hungry unsatisfied join us today at conscious speaks hello everybody it's kelly J, host of conscious speaks Today we have an amazing audio healing experience to create with you. Spirit-led, all the way from Vancouver, Canada, we have Keith Tong. He's a motivational speaker and addiction recovery coach. Keith Tong's best-selling author of Cutting Loose, and it's available on Amazon. Cutting Loose is not an ordinary self-help book, but rather a refreshingly honest book that implores you to help yourself. Keith fought and scratched his way through extraordinary hardships. Cutting loose empowers us to learn from the long-term effects of childhood wounds by learning how to forgive with compassion, the importance of accepting uncertainty with an open heart, plus the power to purge and reward any negative thoughts around self and money, the position of persevering to let go into a life of hope and love. And Keith's inspiration or his intention for the show today is to inspire others to find their light. So, let's take all take a big, conscious, slow breath in and a soft exhale out. and let's give a warm, conscious welcome to Keith Tong. Welcome, Keith. It's an honor to have you here with us today in the studio. It's
1: an honor to be here today. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Keith and I were just hanging out in the purple room. And uh, we had an amazing get together um, pre t- before the show. I-, I haven't had the opportunity to do that much. That was the last show we had live guests, and now Keith's in the studio. So I'm really excited to be with Keith today. And uh, I I just want to dive right in um, for there's so many good things for our listeners to discover as we were talking about, you know, your life is in this book. This is your life story. And I, I thought when I was looking, you know, forward what to ask you about, it says your book is a labor of truth that ultimately leads us through your many resurrections. How many times do you feel you have resurrected in your life journey?
1: many times and I'm still resurrecting. Mm. It's never going to end. I
0: like that. I like that showing that life is a is a journey that we're always evolving and working through.
1: Yep. Absolutely. You know,
0: in your book Cutting Loose, you start with your childhood and you talk about having grown up in a family that um there was childhood childhood abuse. Would you like to talk to the listeners out there in the audience about that?
1: Yeah. Um never really had much of a childhood everything i learned was through the hard way and it was a lot of mental abuse but a lot of physical abuse Um, there's times where you know i recall two events that were very traumatic for me that i really thought that i was going to die in the hands of my dad um, because of things that i did and things that he didn't approve of so you know it was absolutely traumatizing and those are the imprints that's left me to who I am right now. So there's nothing I can do to erase those moments, but to recognize it and know that I'm here today because of, of those traumatic events and it shaped me, who I am. But I don't, it's not my story where I, I pity myself or I blame myself or, or I feel down on it, but it's more of a, a strength for me to become who I am and to be a healer today, hoping that my story can help transform people's lives by inspiring them, to move on and, uh, and, and be able to let go of that part.
0: You know, when I hear, um, you know, the memories and the, the, I can't imagine what it would feel like. I mean, <coughs> excuse me, to, um, to feel like you're going hi- to die at the hands of your father. I'm, <coughs> I'm having a throat chakra problem there. <coughs> excuse me. That must be affecting me. Can you talk about that?
1: Dying in the hands of my father? There was one instance, you know, um, I did something and I was in the basement and he took my head and bashed it against a con- concrete chimney, like not on the flat surface, but on a corner. I really thought that he was going to kill me because he was screaming to me, tell me to die, die, die. I don't I don't deserve a son that I didn't deserve to live. And when that was while well, that was happening, bloods of gushing just came pouring down my face, all oh, the, the warm blood and stuff like that. And I, I passed out for a little bit, and uh, my mom had to to run over and, and rely over me so that my dad wouldn't do anything longer, right? And, and the worst thing was that I couldn't go to the hospital, too. So it took me months for me to recover.
0: What I hear in there, too, is that it's recovering on your own, within your own family, on your own, like you were isolated with no one to talk to, no one to turn to, and they probably didn't want to talk about it no so you're literally in this room inside your mind locked up
1: I did not know what to do yeah I became very rebellious uh, at a very young age um, in high school grade 10 I ran away from home so you know the, all these things happen right I, I didn't want to be at home any longer I just could not get along with my my dad especially right my mom My mom couldn't do anything. She was very helpless, right? My dad would make threats of things that wasn't kind to her. So it was better that I left the the whole show. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't around. So I ended up running away thinking it may be better for everybody.
0: Right. And that sent you into the next part of your journey.
1: Yep. Hanging out the wrong kind of crowd of group of people. (laughs) I got excited with the gang lifestyle kind of thing. I got excited with the action the the bling bling you call it yeah and then then I found drugs and it took me to a place where I felt no more pain no shame it gave me comfort um gave me a, a place for me to really console myself but it didn't work
0: <laughs> no it's, it's 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 a false working right
1: yeah it's a false working
0: The pain that you um, were trying to cover up became another pain, and then it leads you down a further path. Um, You know, so many times in the story, I'd see you go, I think you mentioned it near the end of the book, you know, it's two steps forward, three steps back, or, you know, two steps forward, one back, we keep going. You would make it a little bit forward forward. And you'd find like a piece in the story, but then, it, you know, the next the next betting heads with your dad would come or like you found the piano. That was a big one for me when you found your piano. I really would like to have you share a little bit about that, because, you know, in as healers and modalities of music and energy and just love, music is such a big modality in that. And that was the first I think that was your first love teacher that you had that showed you a way. Would, would you share a little bit about that?
1: Yes. Um So things at home weren't really that great already and i thought maybe you know taking a lesson in piano because my dad enjoyed classical music a lot especially piano maybe that could shed a different a a different light you know bring more peace to the to the household and at first my dad objected but he said on one condition if my sister would also be interested then he would do it so my sis, both my sisters did do it right anyways um, I ended up really good at piano. I put my heart and my intention and, and, and I guess I could express it through my inside my emotion and put it into my fingers and translate it into the, to the notes. And I be, became really good. Um, my teacher never gave up on me. My parents thought I was really dumb and stupid. But till I had piano, that gave me a lot of confidence in myself. I remember when I was in grade uh, three Royal Conservatory, I was playing in front of the uh, Royal Conservatory of Music, and there were like at least 50 different other competitors. We were there for three hours. And towards the end, I played my piece, and then I had to wait around and see the judge. Um, who w- There was first, play, first place, second place, and third place. And then I was it came down to nail butter. I said, oh, first place now. I, I'm never going to get it, right? And then he called my name up. So i was really really surprised from that i was shocked a piano teacher believed that i can do it and that just totally gave me a whole outlook of life that i can do it yes. you know i have something in me that i can do how, old
0: were, how old were you when that when you did that when you had that
1: experience? i would say I, w- I started piano late at first originally my the latest piano teacher didn't want to take me because i was too old it would be, may, may not be trainable but she took me in anyways and she was very happy. I think I was about twelve. About twelve. Yeah.
0: Cause to me, you know, through the story as you're reading and showing, you know, mm-hmm. how you're remembering your thoughts. And that's what a transformation story is, with to go back and remember what we remember so we could look at it, love it through, figure out a way to make peace and forgive ourselves, others, or whatnot. And for me, I just was like You still were so young for me to find your first light there. And I was so happy that you found piano because to me, it was like angels or God coming through and reminding you, you have a special talent. You are smart. You can do things. And literally, piano is one of the hardest things to be really, really good at. And you, I I remember reading the book and you were just like so surprised when they called your name. You looked around to see if there was another Keith Tong. Yeah. (laughs) It made me, it made me smile. To me, it was the beginning catalyst of you realizing your worth, and I think for me, reading the story, it was that light inside of you that kept you going.
1: Back then, I didn't realize it, but now that now that's now that I reflect back, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sometimes we don't know who our biggest teachers are or what our most painful experiences are until we can reflect back. Right? You mm-hmm. talked about that too—that you know, pain can be. Um, it, you know, it, our, our childhood is in our subconscious, and some of those things can be buried. And even though we're not, we don't know they're there, they really are directing us in many ways unknown to make the choices that we make in our life.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: When we think about that, too, there's that spectrum, right? Because, I mean, oh, when I read the book, I mean, I just want to, to all the listeners out there Keith Tong's book, Cutting Loose, An Inspiration Journey to Become a Beacon of Purpose and Love, is an inspiring story and book. He shares so openly about the childhood that he experienced through, you know, growing up in a home where he um, wasn't able to please his father. You know, and, and when we look back, we can, we're can we not looking at his father. We're not looking at the mother right now. We're looking at Keith's story and, and how we remember our stories. Is not the same way everyone else is going to remember it. But when I look at actual physical abuse happening, that's a real thing. And so some people are going to be further along on that spectrum and some will be behind and never felt the physical. But mental can be just as alarming and, and witnessing. I, I assume people who witness the physical abuse are going through it, too. It's like a traumatic, like like PTSD in a household and everyone has their own version. Yes. Right, right. <clears throat> but you did through it all excel and and meet every challenge. Everything that you everything that you tried, you won. You got into the academy? Remember the the School of Higher Learning?
1: Oh, International Baccalaureate? Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised with that
0: one too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like reading the book and I'm like, af- after you were surprised the first time and I started reading further and these things, I'm like, I'm not surprised anymore. Of course he's going to win. <laughs> it's like, it's a hero story. It's a true hero story. And when you went to that academy, that's really when everything took the deeper turn in the story in your life. And you are you were like 16?
1: Uh, f- between 15 and 16. 15
0: and 16. Yeah. And so... Both of those, like get, winning that award of piano, w- winning you know this contest or to get into this special school are not things that happen to just many people. And so when you put the, balance those out, I see your story in hindsight as this wounded healer that's really coming to wake up the world. And this book really shows uh, like we talked about in the purple room, it's not that it's like you, you um, are emboldened. you have the power now the strength through love, through victory. You beat addiction.
1: Yes, I did. Um,
0: you not only beat it, you created amazing company with your wife and businesses and then lost them due to I's and T's not being cross or dotted. And then you could talk about that a little bit if you like. But And then you were able to rebuild that. You're an amazing person. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. This story is a story that starts in childhood and with open, detailed honesty. It took about three years for Keith to write the book because he said he wanted to make sure he got it right and then he had to walk away from it. Didn't you have to walk away from it and put it down sometimes?
1: Oh, many times I had to walk away with it. You know, certain points of the book where I wrote, you know, some near-death experience. And it's just, and even some of the memories that resurface because I, I couldn't remember it and I would recall it. You know, like, for instance, the near-death experience, I, I would type away. I'm in the room typing away, and I already have a broken foot, by the way. Oh, yes. And then <laughs> um, I would just break out in sweats. You know, and it's just, like, not just normal. So, like, like I was drenched. Then I would, like, shake a little bit. Sometimes my tears would roll down my eyes, and I don't know why it just happened. And one part in my other story where I really uncovered something that was suppressed was when I was... Uh, sexually abused by a person that I called a father figure. And I couldn't remember it. But I was writing my story and recalling the journey. Piece, bits and pieces started forming. And I'm just like, oh man, I have to close this laptop for a little bit and just really sit sit with it and and, and, and be one of it, right? And be truthful. Did it really happen or am I denying it? So there were moments, you know, and that I probably took about almost six months for me to open that laptop again and continue writing because wow. I just denied it so much because the person that I called a father figure because I never had a fa- I didn't have a father figure uh, to look up to to teach me to guide me to lead me the right way um, he abandoned me in a way that I I lost trust in him too right I trusted him and he did what he did to me and I just like I could not accept it
0: yeah you couldn't accept it and and you talk about that in the book because you know, you brought up that it happened and you went back that you remembered it when you were writing the book. So there are these things that have happened in our life that we talk about our body remembers, even though we might not. Right? We got the somatic body. We've got our cellular memory. We've got our subconscious. We've got, you know, our conscious mind. Um, and we've got all these. I always say we have so many different operating systems running and all of them are competing for our attention. We really have to be able to learn how to get past, past ourselves. To learn how to be ourselves, wouldn't you think that's probably like the biggest part of a transformation transformation journey? Is
1: to become with it, to be embodied with it, embodied with love, to allow love and compassion to come in, to allow you to move on. Yeah, that's the key.
0: Yeah, there's a quote um, in in Keith's book that I really love. It says, "My hope for the reader is that you read with an open heart and open mind. My wish for you is that you feel motivated and inspired to take action." into your next evolution in life. And I think what's coming through for me right now, especially from what we've been speaking about, it's like, let's take the time to get honest, everybody. Let's just sit down and like find some peaceful, quiet moments and time to take, look back and reflect, right? So we could flush out those, those parts that are hiding from us that we really can liberate ourselves to be free. You know, Keith's journey started at home And with a lot of pain and and fear and and not being able to have any, you know, true guides to set a great, you know, example for him. It doesn't mean that our families don't love us. It doesn't mean that we're perfect children. It means that everyone's there struggling, doing the best they can. When I think about Keith going to the refrigerator to get a piece of cheese because he was hungry and that he had to, you know survive a beating that pretty much could have killed him if his mother wouldn't have stepped in I think that that's it's so extreme and all you were doing was you were hungry and 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 you can't stop that feeling that's our body right and so there's so much that goes on in a life and and we look at that you know I needed to feed something and I got abused and that we yet we start creating that again right if you think about being out looking for drugs or looking for that, something we're abusing ourselves and we're still looking for something. And I think we talked about it in the purple room. It's like, until we're not, you know, looking for something outside of us, you know, we're not at peace to be peace. You have to like quell all the different stories to become one with yourself, with love. Right. Yeah. You know, the story is such a great story because Keith really shows you how he struggled to learn, taught himself to learn, became an amazing, successful businessman, beat drugs, which is one of the hardest things to do. Opiates are one of the hardest um, drugs to, to beat or to come down from. I've studied it a bit, and can you talk about that a little bit, Keith?
1: <laughs> I ended up being um, homeless, uh, living in the downtown eastside side in Vancouver, where all drug addicts can't i And I've, I've attempted to quit drugs many times but failed. Uh, I just wanted to, I somehow find my way back to, my drug of choice was heroin back then. And um, there was one day I was sitting in a jail cell and, um, and I looked up and I saw one, um, one of my relatives and I had to make peace with. And I just said, I I don't want this life anymore. I had it. I'm sick and tired of going uh, going through a revolving door in a jail. I'm sick and tired of going through treatment centers with no end. So I I called my sister, you know, asked for help to give me guidance to find a way for me. And she was able to, to do that for me, was able to somehow get my dad to convince him to take me back home one last time. Right. And that's one things I just made that determination to do, and I did it. But it wasn't easy. You know, I had to get rid of the triggers that would happen. I had to disassociate from all my friends that I thought I called friends that were involved in the drug trade. Mind you, some of them were killed. And um, read some inspiring books like Zig Ziglar's or Anthony Robbins to, to find that light in me again, right? It really helped me conquer that addiction because it, it took—it was a ten-year journey. Right. Because your your self-esteem is low, your self-confidence is non-existent. You know, I didn't even want to have a girlfriend because I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve any of that. So yeah, it took a lot of it took years of trying to figure myself up. Didn't have a coach, had nothing.
0: And the thing that really came through <clears throat> to me a lot in this book is too. He's constant quest for more knowledge, to never be afraid to try something different. You know, they say the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again for a different result. And every time he would push himself further to try something else. You know, the different like the who's in jail reading Zig Ziglar and Anthony Robbins, right? And and who you know is fighting addiction, but thinking how to become a successful businessman. Like not just <laughs> you were you were like a, you had both of them right there. But the high and the low, you know, you were you always had a dream to succeed. That was part of the thing I read in your dream. Like you always had a dream to succeed to be successful. Yeah. And I I know for for me it's like I always think in my life I always had a desire to do what I'm doing now. I just didn't know when I was going to get there. So I feel that kindred spirit in you or there's, you know, we had to fight the dark to become, to be the lightest light. And, and I don't think there's any other way around it. No, It would be a bypass at that point. You know, I wanted to, Keith's book, Cutting Loose, it, it, he also, it, it's a really cool book. Everybody who out there is listening, I really want you to think about going to amazon.com. And um, checking out uh, or buying this book, Cutting Loose, An Inspiring Journey to Becoming a Beacon of Purpose and Love. Because this book, each chapter walks you through a reflection or a a nugget. He has 10 nuggets in in his book to help give you advice. And so he shows you how to reflect upon your childhood, reflect upon, um, you know, what you want in life versus or what you had your successes, you know not just your failures, but your successes. I like that in the chapter you said uh, to outline and celebrate your successes to look back. Can you talk more about that?
1: Human nature, we always think of the negatives and we're wired for that, unfortunately. Um, As human beings, we always think of the lower three chakras. So we need to start recognizing that, hey, we have some good in us, right? And we need to really work hard to recognize that you know, I did something good and it, it doesn't have to be like a big milestone. It could be just something, you know, you did that was a sec- a, su- a success and that would be something that's good. So you instill that in your body and you start practicing that, you're going to start attracting more good things in your life. You know, there's a saying that what you focus on expands. Mm-hmm. So don't focus on the negative. You know, I take inventory of all the good su- the good things that happen in your life and focus on that. And once you exude that energy, the universe will pay you back tenfold just by thinking like that. But most times people just get knocked down and they think of the negative. And and that's why one of the reasons why I did write that book is because, you know, no matter how many times I got knocked down, uh, got beaten up, I got hit hard, you know, I I somehow managed to walk with my head high, brush the dust off, consider this a learning lesson and um, improve on myself. That's what I hope the listeners to understand.
0: Yes. And this story, that was so beautiful. I loved that. This story will help show you so intimately how he did that again and again. Um, I really implore you to, to check out this book. A nugget number one, it says nugget number one for you is this many of the debilitating thoughts and beliefs that keep us from success stem from adverse influences and events in our childhood. In order to convert these negative ideas, we must first recognize where they come from. After that, it's a matter of working on letting forgiveness and compassion into our hearts so that we can address these thoughts and beliefs from a place of love. Only then can the negatives be transformed into positives. You know, that's from Keith Tong's book, Cutting Loose. We're going to go to a, a break here, a beautiful break, and we're going to come back. And we're going to talk to Keith Moore. We'll we'll share some more of his 10 nuggets. And we'll talk a little bit more about his uh, transformation journey and how he broke open his heart to learn how to become love. Stay with us.
2: Steve Tong fought and scratched his way through extraordinary hardships. His compelling journey through life has forced him to face his conflicts head on and apply the power of positive thinking to improve his love life, health, and financial well-being. Through his remarkable story, Keith reveals that our own limiting beliefs are the biggest hindrance to our personal success and that we must rewrite our narrative by first getting to the root of those negative thoughts. In his book, Cutting Loose, he illustrates the long-term effects of childhood wounds and learning how to forgive with compassion. Keith Tong has chosen to share his incredibly inspiring story as a means to help others overcome their darkest moments. All proceeds from the sales of this book will be donated to help people living in the downtown east side of Vancouver, British Columbia, where Keith himself spent a portion of his life homeless. Cutting Loose is available on Amazon.com. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to Alternative Talk 1150 AM KKNW. This is Conscious Speaks, and we are live every Thursday with Kelly J. That's me. And if you are just joining the conversation, we are talking with Keith Tong from Vancouver, Canada. He's the author of Cutting Loose, and he's a motivational speaker and addiction recovery coach. And welcome back to the show. Glad to be back. (laughs) I wanted to jump in because there's a Chapter 3 in the book, I wanted to read something and see if you could elaborate on it for me. I loved, and it's in your reflection. Everyone out there listening again, this book cutting loose. It's a, it's a tool. It's a story with a tool. Each chapter has a reflection that you can, and um, a guide, a guide to help you look back and process something. Or he has even some steps and some blank pages in here at certain parts for you to write down your answers. And I had fun doing that by the way. Um, In chapter 51, I mean, chapter three, page 51, you know, Keith writes, the wounds of abuse can run deeper than we think, just as any other trauma, it can be buried so deep in our subconscious that we think it plays no role in our suffering. But these hidden pains can have a great impact on our thoughts and actions. Our pain should not be shrugged off, but confronted so that it can be understood and finally freed from our body. Want to
1: touch on that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, well, I used drugs as a means to suppress those pains. Did it work? No. Used alcohol to suppress the pains. Did that work? No. <laughs> our body will remember it. And uh, I'll tell you about uh, an event that happened about three years ago. I had an issue with where I lost my business, right? I asked the question of why was this happening to me? So I had to look to God for some advice. I I went to do a lot of inner work, and at that time I remembered, you know, I was I was getting a little bit ill, gaining some weight, and I had a lot of anger issues, you know, that and it it affected my liver. I also had uh, borderline diabetes, and if you look deeper into that, I I regret in life, you know, Um, I developed these symptoms over time, and. Your mind we you want to try to delete it or, 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 or suppress it, but your body will always remember those traumas somehow regardless. You know, it's like a few years ago, I was doing some inner work uh, on the shadow work, and I broke my foot. And to this day, you know, I still feel it, even though it's fully healed. But I need people, to re- the re- listeners, to understand that the body will somehow remember these traumas regardless until you learn to become one with it embody it with the with the with the love the compassion and the forgiveness it's gonna somehow come back in different forms it may not come back tomorrow today or tomorrow It may come back 10 years down the road you know like when I was suffering from addiction I kept that part of my life hidden for almost 20 years and I thought I dealt with it I said yeah I conquered it I didn't I don't have to tell anybody about my truth they don't need to know anything but it somehow wanted to come out. Because it started speaking in a different form. And I had to interpret that. I had to do the inner work. I had to do the work to find out what was going on in my life. And I did the inner work. And I now realize that. not Until you. There's no way you can avoid it. You got to face it head on.
0: Ah, so powerful. It's so powerful. The body remembers. And sometimes. It may be a year or ten. He said. That's a powerful thing audience. We can think. You know, hear people say, oh, just shove it away. Just move on. Just lace up your bootstraps. You know, don't think about it. That is a cover. That is a coping mechanism. Alcohol and drugs, sex money, overworking, you know, pick anything that we, that takes us away from ourselves is a cover. And if you have the light inside of you that keeps showing you through your memory to go back and dark is light too, it's just on the spectrum. That pain, that body, that memory coming up, it's begging you. If we keep going out and using again, if you keep going out and having that same conversation again, if you keep you know, having that same thought when you hear a song again, right? it could be anything. It, if it's something that's coming back to you, it's begging you, I believe, and I, I think you feel the same thing, it's begging to be broken open into the light. Yes. You spoke about the lower chakras, which is chakra works very near and dear to me, and um, if people are out there listening, Keith talked about the three lower chakras. That's root, sacral, and solar. And they make up our, um, our, our matter part of our body, right? So we have our rooted, which is our, you know, our home, our safety. We have our, our sacral, which is our emotion, our feelings. And then our solar plexus is our identity. And all three of those are our lower chakras, and they have to do with our physical body. Would you like to explain a little bit about the work you've done with that?
1: Um, I was in a um, a mystery school for 2 years with one my, with one of my mentor Marcia Weeder and the first thing for f- healing to happen is to pop open or I call it pop open yeah is to work <laughs> with the heart chakra
2: yes right
1: in order for healing to occur we must activate and open the heart chakra to allow, to allow love to come in and once you have that love archetype really in your soul, in, in your cells, then all the other things will start to come into play, you know, because the next thing that I had to work on was my shadow. Mm. And um, the, the, sh- the heart has to be fully activated, fully em- embodied in order for you to work with the shadow module, right? So s- my story was, the first year I was working with, my, with the shadow module, I kind of avoided it. I didn't want to confront it because I had too much shadow. I decided to take a shortcut by going to the washroom and not doing the workshop I ended up breaking my feet yes. you know and then um, so that was the first first year and then the next two other modules that I worked on we were, we were talking we were work, I was working on my throat chakra expression the ability to express my emotions out um, Unfortunately men we don't we have a tendency to keep things bottled in we don't let things out that's why they say statistically men have shorter lifespans than women I so said, yes, I do agree. And we do bottle things in. So I had to activate my throat chakra as an expression to express my feelings out. And then the last final, uh, the last module I worked on was my crown chakra, which just allow bliss and harmony and, and happiness to come in. You know. I just decided the first year I wasn't complete because I, I kind of didn't finish the shadow module properly. I retook the module again. And this time I finished everything successfully. No broken bones this time. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Um, I confronted the shadow module, fulfilled it, and uh, yeah, and embraced it. Mm. And that's another one, shadow. It can come back at you and haunt you. Yes. Love (laughs) is the only thing that I know works when you're confronted and working with shadow.
0: I agree. I agree totally. I'm so happy you shared. Um, You know, at the beginning of the show, I've never had it happen before. And I'm like, dealing with my third chakra, I'm like, what's going on? And I'm just like so embarrassed. And I'm like, well, something's there. Right. And so when Keith talks about our third chakra, it's speaking our truth. It's really about speaking our truth. And so when we come into healing work, it, it usually is always going to be your, you have to break open your heart chakra. It's what happened to me too. And I didn't know I was going to be doing it, but that's what happened. And then you work on your throat because to speak your truth, you have to be able to flow. There's this energy that has to flow between your heart chakra and your throat and if you're if you're not speaking your truth it's because there's something still in our heart we got to go we talk about freeing the heart freeing the mind so we can live from love and and that's that's really the nuts and bolts of transformation work and I want to commend you because I know for a fact that we need to let people know out there audience listen sometimes we can only go in so far and then we have to go back but we go back in stronger because we've done some work to loosen it. Our journeys are dear to us. They're painful. They're our life. They're precious. And so to to really love them through, we have to know that it, it's not always going to be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right? You're going to come in at four, pop up to five. You might go back down to three, depending on where our emotional trauma is blocked. Wouldn't you think that yeah, that's...
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I want the listener to understand is don't deny love. Love is very, very important. And it, and it doesn't have to be love something else. It's the most important thing is to love your, uh, love yourself. Right. Love who you are. It starts from there.
0: Yeah, I, and it's interesting because I um, was led to go to page 71 in your book, and that's chapter four, The Healing Power of Work, Love, and Forgiveness. And um, I, well, there's something beautiful that uh, Helen said to you. Uh, in here when she said that she loved you. was it in this chapter where Helen you told Helen about your past your wife your beautiful wife Helen and she said that she knew you had a good heart or a good person it didn't matter what you did in your past that she loved you for who you are yes and I, I wish I just I just I melt because we are all lovable and worthy but we do have to do our work so we can allow people in if we don't let people in we're never going to experience love there's a, I circled this part. It says the success, the success rate for someone fully completing, oh, this is what it was. The methadone program was about three out of 100. That's only 3%. Well, I did it. After being on the program for almost two years, I was one of those few successful stories. I had fought and conquered drug abuse. And I'm thinking, you fought and conquered everything. And you know why? Because of love. <laughs> you loved yourself. And I think everyone out there that's listening, if you're trying to get better, that's you loving yourself. You do love yourself. We're always loving ourselves to the extent of the best way we can. And so when we're trying to get better and we're sharing our stories, when we're opening up to groups, when we're coming out and being emboldened like Keith Tong is to share his story shamelessly, it's so he could show you how to be loved, right? The path to recovery. This is this gentleman here it, it just blows my mind the successes and the ups and downs and how hard he fought to retrain himself and 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 every time surrendering on what can i learn what can help me help me rise further in life and helen you know your life partner your soulmate she was the same way you found someone who is always interested to you know do better to be better for the family to love yourself to figure out how to how to rise up i love that my relationships with my parents was a lot better by then because they realized I was trying my best to straighten my life out. They also recognized the mistakes they had made trying to raise me. Although they were, there were still no signs of physical affection. There was less arguing around the house. Keith had went home a couple times to get better. And I think, I know I went home quite a few times to live at home when I was like, you know, just, you know, you get to the end, you can't pay your bills, you, you know, didn't know how to say, I didn't know how to save money, I didn't know how to plan, um, my relationship with money's new, and this book teaches you how to be successful in all those areas. And the first part, though, is that you have to learn how to love yourself. You have to learn how to love yourself. And if you call it your heart, your soul, or your heart chakra, the heart chakra is the balancing line in between our above, which is our higher self, which is our Our throat our third eye and our crown and it balances you know it's the middle line between our lower chakras we talked about our solar our sacral our root and so the heart is the managing director of above and below but we have to participate with it right
1: they all work in one work in one yeah
0: so cool is there any special message from the book that you want to share that maybe i haven't brought up
1: I think you brought up all many, there's many touching points.
0: You know, what I thought was cool in here is, I don't know if you, uh, I just always am remembering everything. Um, when you were working for the automotive company and you started, um, you started uh, put taking something apart and putting it back together from the ground up. And I thought, oh, that's like your uncle. I remember the story earlier where you were talking about, he was trying to make a car out of, scr- from, scratch from scratch, trying yeah. to build a car. <laughs> and so you've got, I'm like, oh, that's his uncle coming through right in there. You know, because you, you just always want to take things a step further to learn your vivaciousness. You know, there's a reflection here that says, Eight years had gone by since my battle with addiction, and life was giving me different and new challenges along the way. Never once had I been satisfied with my current situation. I wanted to get more out of life. I wasn't happy with the same thing over and over again. I wanted more challenges and to learn more stuff as life chugged along. And I think I think sometimes you think the reason we end up drugs, alcohol or gambling or sex or just not realize it's because we don't realize that we really can challenge ourselves to learn more. We think that's all there is. And we don't know there's other pathways to learn other things. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Most times, you know, people choose to numb themselves. I chose to take the challenge on head on.
2: Yeah. You know.
0: I think if you're listening out there, listeners, it's just one of these things where transformational work, you don't have to be addicted to alcohol or drugs, you know, um, to do transformational work. You don't have to be an avid gambler or someone who is, you don't have to be down. Um, When we're up, we're doing this work, too. I mean, this is just, it's a lifestyle. Wouldn't you think that a transformation work, spiritual self-love, it's a lifestyle? Um, Because we have to practice it.
1: That's why I chose the profession of becoming a healer. You know, I, I, I run a, a health center hoping to transform people's lives. You know, it's not just about the, the, the addiction, you know, the story, right? But it's about, you know, taking your life to another level, right?
0: That's what I found in your story that really um, made me happy the most. It was always about taking your life to another level. And sometimes we won't get there if we don't have those hard edges. We get yeah. too comfortable. And every hard edge took you to a deeper level of going, no, wait, not this. I want more, you know. And um, so Keith and Helen, Helen is Keith's wife. They opened a vitality center and it's our ultimate dream come true that our purpose and mission is to serve others and to bring the best available vitality and health to the families of our community. We envision a world where our children's children live, work and play in the healthiest bodies, communities, and families.
1: Tell I stand me, by that.
0: Tell me how that feels. I mean, to be so. I mean, to be creating that, especially with your wife, your you know true love.
1: I think that's that's where I want to be is to be able to see people get their eyes when there's a shine. There's the, their soul is going through their eyes when you can see transformation occur that way. That brings joy to myself. And I will speak for Helen as well for her t- as well, and that's why we did it. We chose this path. I'm so We've gone excited. back to school, learning new medicine in the future of the 21st century. Um, we're six months away from becoming a doctor of natural medicine.
0: I know. I'm so excited for both of you.
1: You know, so yeah.
0: This story to me, it, it's it's a it's a story of life, and everyone has a story, and. If you can learn to look outside of your story long enough to look back at it, what you're going to find is you've been leading yourself to these places to break open, to learn that you can jump up a level. We can bump up a level. There's something else we can learn. We don't have to accept our immediate circle as all there is. And that's what came to me every time in the book. You were able to go, but is this all? Well, even your daughter did that one time, Amanda, in in the book when she said, Daddy, if you're going to keep hurting yourself, why don't you get a a different job? Do you remember? uh, Yeah, I remember that one. (laughs) you want to share that with the audience?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was working for a glass company, and I kept, uh, and with glass, you deal with a lot of sharp objects and knives, because that's how you have to cut the windshield out. So I always would, uh, and plus it's like labor intensive. So I would end up cutting myself or injuring my arm. And this is probably by sixth time I injured myself within a year. And she says, Daddy you keep hurting yourself, why don't you just change jobs? (laughs) (laughs) I just looked at her. I couldn't believe that came out of her mouth and I was so shocked. I was just like, "Oh!" to this day, I still
0: laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And then when you told her you did change jobs, she was really proud of herself. (laughs) Yeah, I did change jobs. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes it's through the mouth of babes. Sometimes it's through tuning into a radio show that you didn't know you were going to find on the air. Sometimes it's, you know, someone recommending a book you should read, like cutting loose, you never know what's gonna be the motivation to tell you, hey, this is life and it's happening and it's yours to create. You can keep creating it the same way, or you can dig in, cut loose, right? Metaphorically cut loose, cut loose and, and try again, right? Try again. Um I it makes me think of your book cover because I just fell in love with it. I love the all-white background, but we talked about the balloon. And uh, the and the affinity sign on the back. Would you like to share a little bit about that with the listeners?
1: Yeah. So I had this title, or well, the book cover uh, through a competition, and there were many different styles, and it was be- it came down to two. One was a butterfly, and the other one was a balloon. And I I do a lot of energy work, like I'm, I'm I believe in energy. So I have one of my friends who does uh, uh, BG uses a. Uh, Biogeometry uh, readings and, and geometric path lines and stuff like that. He used his pendulum and he did a reading on the book, and uh, he suggested this cover would be the best. And in addition to that, he suggests I put an infinity symbol on the back of the book. So whoever picks up this book, whoever reads this book, would be harmonized with 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 uh, healing frequency. Mm. And that this is this is what I did. Yeah, and so. I just
0: got spiritual chills up my neck when you said that. It's perfect. It's true. When you hold this book. It does feel really, really like ready for you. you know, I have so many I love Keith sent me the book and I most of my books that I've been reading have been on ebooks so i I got cozy in front of the fire. There was a couple rainy days and I really settled in with the book and I've got notes and I've got things circled all through in here and uh, I'm gonna read another one to you. So on page sixty eight nugget number four for nugget number four for my reader is this. We all have failures in life. For myself, my darkest and most horrific life experiences shaped who I am and who I am becoming. I call these events a gift from God. I just want to read that again. I call these events a gift from God. They allow me to share my experiences, wisdom, and knowledge with the world, spreading hope, love, and compassion. Another thing I'd like to add is that Whatever failures you are holding on to, you must learn to let them go somehow. What we hold inside of us is negatively affecting us, emotionally and physically. It will become toxic to our bodies. Recognize this. The darkest experience, deepest shame, or ultimate guilt we hold on to is what shapes us into who we are becoming. Equally important is the message from these failures that we have to share with the world. This isn't a sign of weakness, rather a sign of strength. It's only when we give up on ourselves that we become weak and let the status quo take over. Here are some examples of how you can release negative negativity from your body. Do You want to read them, Keith? I have them right there.
1: So number one is talk to a friend that you can trust and who supports you two meditate on a matter three seek guidance from a professional fourth so you can journal it and then burn it and in five i'm more than happy you can reach out to me to help you with this matter as well
0: that is an amazing amazing way to end this show I really do want to inspire anyone out there that heard the call that feels connected to Keith. He says he currently resides in British Columbia, Canada. He could work with you over the phone and he enjoys, you know, he enjoys life and being of service to others. His passion is to help people take charge of their health, whether it's physically, emotionally or spiritually. And so you can reach him through his website at keithtong.ca, I mean keithtong.ca or at keithtongcoaching.com. You can email us at the studio if you didn't have a pen to write that down. But you can also email um, him directly, Keith at KeithTongCoaching.com. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. It has been an amazing, beautiful blessing. Thank you. And everybody, I'm so blessed again to share time and space with you out there. Everyone who's here listening or tuning in later through podcast. Thank you, Alternative Talk Radio 1150 KKNW. Marin Milano, Eric Ryder, our producer and engineer, Don Avery and Larry Mitchell, for permission to share music from rapidly approaching ecstasy. Love wins when we choose love, everybody. And that's a circle. Love and namaste.
2: Kelly J. Keith Tong fought and scratched his way through extraordinary hardships. His compelling journey through life has forced him to face his conflicts head on, and apply the power of positive thinking to improve his love life, health, and financial well-being. Through his remarkable story, Keith reveals that our own limiting beliefs are the biggest hindrance to our personal success and that we must rewrite our narrative by first getting to the root of those negative thoughts. In his book, Cutting Loose, he illustrates the long-term effects of childhood wounds and learning how to forgive with compassion. Keith Tong has chosen to share his incredibly inspiring story as a means to help others overcome their darkest moments. All proceeds from the sales of this book will be donated to help people living in the downtown east side of Vancouver, British Columbia, where Keith himself spent a portion of his life homeless. Cutting Loose is available on Amazon.com.